really do. You're a 21 year old punk fucking kid. This grandpa's given you everything all your fucking life. You've never had a car payment, a house payment. Everything you live in was given to you by grandpa. You fucking don't know what it's like to work for a fucking living like I do. To bust my fucking ass and do what I do. And you know what, Sean? You fucked me, and that's the way you got it. But you know what? Your grandpa's money will run out someday, and you'll have to feast for yourself. Get a fucking jog, you piece of shit. Welcome to Behind the Smoke Podcast. My name is Sean Walcheff, and uh, we are here at Valley Farm Market above the butcher shop in this beautiful, kick-ass podcast studio here with my barbecue brethren. Uh, got my boy here, Derek. How we doing? Derek Marceau. How we Man, doing tonight? doing great. Everything's going good. Beautiful day. Weather kind of changed a little bit, so it's uh, nice and, and warm, and you know people are eating up the queue. So for those of you that haven't listened to the podcast, uh, the whole idea was for us to take you behind the smoke, kind of give you an idea of what it's like to run a business, to be an entrepreneur, to deal with really the shit that nobody really can talk about, um, stuff that they don't tell you about in business school. Um, you just kind of have to grind it out and figure out ways to keep the doors open. And uh, our goal with this podcast is to just bring you interesting content, great guests, uh, people that are not full of shit, people that actually... That's hard to find, too. That is very hard <laughs> to find. Uh, it's uh, it, it's a rarity these days. So when you do find people that uh, beat to a different drum and that have some honesty and integrity and are willing to grind out whatever they have to do to um, stay in business, those are the people that you know we really want to learn from. Um, so one of the cool things about this podcast, we've been getting some amazing feedback. Uh, you know, I guess we're kind of analytic junkies now that you know with all these statistics that we can get you know on the marketing end for well for i am i am when you show me well it's yeah. uh it's really cool because we have people listening to the podcast in canada the united kingdom australia wow. norway aruba italy and slovenia shout out to I you guys still man, don't see bulgaria it. on the list and no. that, that kind of hurts I, that's like your hometown but maybe i should start speaking bulgarian and then you know then yeah. my wife would be happy and then uh Maybe my in-laws might listen. Right. Yeah. Um, well, either way, uh, we had a, a barbecue contest here in California. Yeah, man. We had, a, we had a great barbecue contest out here. and uh, It was called the SoCal Barbecue Batch in Pomona. And it was a KCBS sanctioned event. And the grand champions want to give a shout-out to Smoke and Moe's and the reserve grand champ, Big Papa Smokers. Um, in that contest, there was also a backyard barbecue champion. And I want to give a huge shout-out to the Rub Life. Uh, we know they're listening a lot, and uh, Fern's semi-famous barbecue. He was a part of that, and uh, they actually took home first place. So, uh, shout out to you guys. Good job. We're proud of you. Keep up the good work. Keep that passion alive. You know, we we know how hard it is to do competition-style barbecue and and do your thing, and it's um, great that you guys did such a good job. Now we want to uh, welcome our next guest, um, Brad Cooper from Coop's Barbecue. Um, we're we're excited to have you, man. Thank you so much for coming out. Woo! <laughs> my man, my man, Coop. I'm happy to be here, guys. I'm just sitting here enjoying this bomb ass jerky that Kevin <laughs> threw up. Man, you, this this stuff was good, man. Yeah, yeah. It's an inside top round that we sliced real thin and put our um, marinade on. That marinade that you know forever. It, it, it took me to a long time to get it exactly how I wanted to. Then we smoke it. Um, you know, some people dehydrate their jerky. We, you know. How we do, man. We just right. we, we try to smoke everything. So we, we smoke this, and it turned out well. We do about 40 pounds of batch and um, sell out you know, usually that day. I like it because most jerkies, you know, you got to chew them forever before man. you can finally swallow it. And this stuff right here just chews apart real easy. You got that nice flavor to it. It's good. I like so, that, man. Uh, that, that right there, that's... That could take you somewhere, man. You, <laughs> why, don't, why don't you take us somewhere? I know, uh, I know, barbecue is uh, it, it comes in the family. It's part of the part of the bloodline in your family. And tell us a little bit about Texas Midland growing up, and you know how uh, how how your passion came to get you back into barbecue. Uh, it's it's kind of you know it's not really in the family, but um, um, as a kid there was a place called Sam's Barbecue mm -hmm. on Scarborough Drive in Midland, Texas, and. Um, is there was a store also called Easy Way in in Texas? I we used to eat these sandwiches called chopped beef sandwiches, and basically what it was, they took you know cheap piece of beef, cooked it down, threw some onions and barbecue sauce in there, and threw it on the bun, and it was some of the best freaking sandwiches you ever had. It's like my know? grandma's goulash, but just throw everything in there and <laughs> yeah. mix it up, and it's you know good. it was it was a cheap little eat, but you know when you had a little change, you went over to Sounds Barbecue, which was a couple of buildings away. 
and he had rib tips, man. And oh. man, he used to mesquite smoke those bad boys, and I can still taste them to this day, you know. And um, um, you know, it's like I, I kind of was away from barbecue for a while because I had moved to San Diego um, right after high school, and um, really didn't get back into it until I moved back to Texas in '96, and my father had a little joint. Um, that he was running, it was basically it was a kitchen from his church, okay. and so he was doing barbecue and soul food, and he had made some brisket and some ribs one day, and and you know, was, hey, try this. I sat down and I was like, man, you you can't find nothing like this in San Diego, you know, and um, he told me, he said, man, he said, if you ever get this down, he said, you'll never be a broke man, you know, and I really didn't catch what he was saying until. I moved back. I had moved back to San Diego. I think it was probably the later part of 98 and, you know, got a chance to um, go check out Phil's, you know, and um, the one over on Goldfinch. Yeah, Goldfinch. Yep. that's when he was on Goldfinch. Yep. And um, the line was down the street. And I'm just like, man, you know, this this is crazy. And, you know, it, to me, that that was it was pretty good, you know. But then, you know, he closed down and then he opened one and down on Sports Arena and you know, I just kept hearing Phil's, Phil's, because I hadn't tried anything in a while. So I went down there and waited probably two hours. Like you're, waiting, like you're waiting to go to a club. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> or know, you're going to see Michael like, Jackson. You know, I can't like, wait to see, you know, what's see, going see what's on up here? with this, right. you know. And so when I bit into it, you know, I was, I, it wasn't nasty, you know, but it just wasn't what I was expecting as far as barbecue, especially after, you know, have gone back home a couple of times and, and had a chance to eat some, some more of my father's barbecue. And I told my wife, I said, I can do this. And she looked at me like, do what? <laughs> you're, cra- you're crazy. <laughs> we definitely have that in common. <laughs> I was like, I can do this. She's like, do what? I said, man, I said, the barbecue that I know how to make, I feel is way better than this. Right. You know, I said, these people are packed in this place out and the line is out the door. I said, this is crazy. You know, I said, I know the barbecue that I make is, is a lot better than this. And... She just kind of looked at me like, yeah, right, you know, because, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm a registered nurse by trade. Uh-huh. You know, I worked for Kaiser for like 11 years and another hospital for a couple of years. And so I was making pretty good money, you sure. know. And but, you know, I started doing the barbecue thing. It's weird because I started selling, making plates at home. OK. And I would go to beauty shops and barbershops to a lot of the black owned beauty shops and barbershops throughout La Mesa, Lemon Grove. Southeast National City. I was just that would be my weekend hustle. Sure, you know. And Did you have a, a big big smoker at the time, or was it just a, kind of a, a backyard? At smoker? first, I had a small backyard, and then um, we got the one we call Big Boy. I don't know if you've seen it when you guys were yeah. at the restaurant. Oh, yeah. the, sure, it's, it's not the one that's in the parking lot, but the one that's on the side of the building. It's a yep. red and black one. Is that the one you use for catering? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I um I I purchased that from a guy out of Dallas, and um, I had my father go pick it up. So when I went home, I went and grabbed and brought it back. But, you know, it's weird. It started out kind of a pa- uh, little hobby, or, you know, make a little extra money. And then next thing you know, it turned into a business. And um, then in 2010, we got a chance, I got a chance to get to the, the um, location that we're at now. Um, I knew the guy that had it before, Barn Barbecue. Yeah, I remember. Uh, the nephew, Dante, was running it, mm-hmm. you know, and he was telling me that, you know, he's about to close it down. I was like, wow, he said, ain't no business here. I'm going to open up down the street. You know, I'm thinking in my head, you know, your food will bring foot traffic. Because that's what he said. It wasn't no foot traffic. Yeah. You know, he's, I'm going to go downtown where the traffic is. I'm you become a destination location, yeah. right? And, and there, you know there's, what? There's and, no foot traffic in Lemon Grove or Spring Valley. No, for there that. isn't. There isn't. <laughs> the foot traffic and, that's on Spring Valley, I don't yeah, think you really and, want and, you know, and I was just telling my staff, we had a meeting, you know, I was talking to my staff about having taking pride in everything that you do. Whether it be, you know, the customer service, sweeping the floors, mopping the floors, doing the dishes, you know, and I, I told them, I said, do you know that this place is a destination? Because they don't really understand what's going on. You know, sure. they, they, to them, it's just a job. Right. You know, they don't understand that Coops is, has become a barbecue destination well, in I mean, Southern California. Oh, absolutely. You I know? mean, it's, you know, one of the things that we have the utmost respect for is Yelp. And, you know, for somebody like you that comes a heavyweight in Yelp with, you know, 14, <laughs> almost 1,500 reviews and four and a half star rating. Four and a half star rating. I mean, twice. You've been 2014 and 2016 yeah, yeah. on the top 100 in the United States. 
top hundred. I mean, we're talking all the heavyweights and all the big boy barbecue spots are on there. Right. You know, uh, Kansas City Joe's is on there. Franklin's. Happy's Smokehouse, Franklin's. I mean, Gus's world famous chicken. I mean, we're talking about all the best spots, and you've right. been on there twice. Right. You know, you that's know. Des- it doesn't get more destination. And, than and that. you know what's so funny? Because the first time in 2000 was 2012, right? Yep. The, the first uh, time. I no, 2014. So. 2014. Yeah, what? 2014. The first time when we got on there, I was happy about it, you know, but it, it really, it wasn't like, I really didn't realize what I had achieved until right. the last time we did it. It just yep. sunk in. I was just like, wow, you know, all the restaurants. You know, in the U.S., you know, and we are in this top 100 restaurant. I'm thinking about Little Bitty Coop West Texas Bar. Amazing. Levin you Grove know, on the map. You know, and, amazing. and twice. It, it, was, it just it, it really just blew my mind the last time. The last time just really just sunk in. Just like, wow, we're really doing this thing, you know. And um, it, it's it's um, it's gratifying to be recognized, you know. But to me, my, my bit biggest gratification comes from the local people. Those that the regulars, they, the keep, regulars keep the that keep coming, open. that, that yep, I keep absolutely. seeing over and over, that lets me know that I'm doing something right when I keep seeing these same people come in over and then I hear people coming, new people come in. So, oh, yeah, my friend told me about yep. it. You know, they say you got to try. That's gratification for me. Sure. You know, because if the locals, you know, the, the world could recognize you, but the world ain't going to come eat at your spot. They that's can't. right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Fam- family's not coming to eat either. They just want free yeah. food. We, yeah. we, we hang our hat too on, yeah, on word of mouth. So, you know, yeah, you as know. As much as you can have the internet, word of mouth, that person telling somebody, I mean, there, there's nothing. It makes you feel good. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They, got, they got my name in their mouth, and they're actually saying some positive things. You know, it actually, and it helps you go to the next level. You right. want to keep pushing and make sure that everyone's that happy. Right. I had a guy that was um, living in um, Hawaii. And he moved out here, and he told me. He said, "He said, yeah, my friend told me. He said, man, when you go, to, when you get to San Diego, you gotta go to Coops. You know, he said, here I am. You know, right. I was like, wow, yeah. you're talking yeah. about being in Hawaii. You know, so <laughs> that was cool. You know, stuff like that just kind of make your head swell up. Sure. But it, it makes you proud because you know, if people go all the way to Hawaii and talk about you, you know, just it's just like, okay, cool. You know, we're, we're doing, we're making some noise, you know. Cause, it's incredible. You know, I mean, people, it is very incredible to be on that list twice. Yeah. And exactly what you said, it's easy to take it for granted the first time. Right, right. And then the second time, you know, you went from 2014, you didn't get back on for another two years. So it's like the next year you're like, well, what happened? You know, you still have four and a half star rating. You yeah. Know, you still have four and a half star rating. You're still doing an amazing job. You're putting out quality product and you're like, Okay, well, what happened? And then once you're on the list again, you're like, wow, yeah, you know, wow, you know, that, kinda, you know that promise I made to my wife. <laughs> hey, this is gonna work. <laughs> you're out there hustling your barbecue, and you're like, hey, this is gonna work, babe. Trust me, it's gonna work. And then something like that happens, and you know, then it just actually makes you have to work even harder. Right, right. You know, you never can be. I say you can never get content in this business. Yeah, uh, never get satisfied. Always push to to be better. And you know. Um, I tell my staff, I said, my goal is to get better. And they be wondering, well, what are you talking about, get better? You you know, you got some of the best barbecue. I said, no, it could always be better. You could always get that little nudge or that, you know, make that brisket just a little bit tender, just right. You know, you you try to shoot for perfection every time. Well, complacent yeah. people don't don't ever get to the peak. Complacent nah, people nah. Stay, stay at the bottom. And, and that's one of my, and Sean, I mean, we, if, if we're not pushing the envelope, I don't think we're doing it right. You right. Know, if we're if we're just sitting back saying, okay, yeah, hey, yeah, we have this or we did this, yeah, that's cool. If we're not keep going and, and doing more, to me, it's just uh, it's about pushing yourself to feel uncomfortable and doing more and, and putting yourself out there and being vulnerable. Right. Yeah. I mean, one of the best things about barbecue, you know, not just barbecue but business, the more that you the more that you put in, the more that you give back. You know, the more that people are willing to you know share with you, and you know, the world that we live in with Instagram and with you know, Twitter and with Facebook, I mean, people are sharing and you know, right. we're seeing stuff all, you know, not just here, you know, San Diego, it used to be a joke, exactly what you For said, real. it used yeah. to be a joke yeah. with barbecue, you know, Phil's, they set the standard with business, I mean, geez, I mean, we would all, we're all envious of, you know, the, <laughs> right, the amount right. of volume yeah, that that right. place does, I mean, it's it's incredible, you know, it's the crazy. amount of catering trucks, I mean, the, all the units, the way that they give back, um, but, you know, to see things like that and to find people that embrace their community. I mean, I think that's why we got along so well is, you know, when we asked you to come and participate in our charity event, right. you know, the Spring Valley Barbecue Festival. And thank you again for that. Yeah, I mean, you've stepped up, you know, I think it's two years you've come out and, you know, you brought, I think you brought Big Boy down. Yeah. And, you know, you brought your team down there and we understand because we run a business and we know that when we go out and cater and we go do events, 
you're putting a stress on that business right, because right. you're not at the shop. Somewhat, right. like The shop's still open. You, you didn't close, but now you're going and you're participating. And you know, for you to come down and to you know, help us raise money for kids, I mean, it's just a testament to what you do. And you know, having all the Lemon Grove come down and they're so happy to see you and to talk to you and to check out your pit and to, you know, oh, I got to hang, I got to hang with Coop today. Yeah, right. and, you know, they take their picture, stuff like that. I mean, that, it's humbling. It's huge. Right. And when people can see see the owner, they they become vested in right, you too. Right. You know, it's like, well, I haven't been to Coop's before. Oh, well, they're here. Well, let me go over there and try it. And then it's like, oh, I get to meet Brad. Like, cool. Now they're vested not just in Coop's Barbecue, but in you yourself. And you get to meet them, shake their hand, and, and people really want to be a part of something. And that's what Sean and I really, really want to do is create this movement of barbecue to let people know, hey, California's on the map. Right. We can do it. And we're not trying to compete against each other. We're trying to all go together. And there's not very many of us. So yeah. it's, you know. I, I really got to say that um, in the past, I would say the last what, six six years, that barbecue have really come a long way here in San Diego County. Absolutely. Like you said, you know, San Diego was a joke. You know, I thought it was a joke, you know, at first because, you know, what everybody perceived barbecue to be, you know, and when I started, when I started doing what I was doing, you know, it was kind of, it, it was kind of an educational thing, really, for a lot of people coming in, because, you know, sure. everybody thought that barbecue sauce, barbecue sauce had to be on the meat. They thought everything would, everything that was cooked had to have barbecue sauce on. I used to get into arguments with customers. Why won't you put any barbecue <laughs> sauce on? Like, man, I do Texas style barbecue. Yeah. Right? You know, we don't put sauce on the meat. You know, it's all about the meat. We have a good sauce to go with it. We give you all you want to put on there, you know. And man, I mean, so many. One lady, one lady gave me the food back. Yep. Told me this ain't barbecue. I said, well, <laughs> I said, well, what do you mean? <laughs> she said, there's no barbecue. Where's the barbecue? So I said, well, ma'am. I said, this is Texas style barbecue. So I had to break it down to her. And I told, her, I said, just taste it. I said, taste this, taste sure. meat. And she tasted it. She said. Said this is good. That's some good shit. Well, <laughs> yeah, that, that's some good shit. Exactly, right? I'll tell you this right now. I might have ate a pound of your chicken today. Yeah, I, mean, I think I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. That jerk chicken. He ordered his own size. His I'm, own not, I'm not kidding you. I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be 100 honest. That's for sure. I might have ate a whole pound. I love the little flair that you did with that. Right. The jerk jerk style and smoked. You know, we, me and my wife have gone to Jamaica, you know, scotch bonnet peppers. Like, that's, yeah. I love that stuff. And that, man, that got me. I No sauce, no nothing. I literally just kept eating. I'm like, oh, no one else is going to eat that. And I just kept yeah. going. There definitely was, was no, no so leftovers, left for sure. Yeah, I came up with that. Um, I don't know. the What's the restaurant on um, Imperial, the Jamaican restaurant? Oh, um, uh, Jamaican Kitchen, is that the name? I think it is. Jamaican, Jamaican Kitchen. Kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. I had got some jerk chicken there a long time ago. And it was good, but I could only eat two bites of it because it was for me, it's too spicy. I'm not yeah. a real spicy. No, person. that's scotch bonnet. If you put too much, yeah, in it, I was, I was just like, man, I said this stuff is good, but it's it's just it's too spicy. So I came up with that idea of the southwestern jerk chicken to kind of water down with some barbecue sauce and a couple other ingredients, and and um, it worked. People love it, man. I tried. Do you to, brine that? I tried to do. Huh? Do you brine that chicken before you? Mm -hmm. No, no. Nah, nah, we just we just marinated the night. You know, we prepped it the night before, mm -hmm. marinated, cook it up the next day. And, um, yeah, man, it, it's, it's becoming a big hit. You know, I tell people, I said, I'll, I'll make you change your mind about dark meat. Yeah. You know, cause a lot of people come in and they sure. say, I don't, I don't eat dark meat. I said, taste it. You well, sometimes eat. I don't even want to work around the bone either. And yeah. that it was boneless yeah. too. <laughs> Forget about it for me, man. That's, you're going to see me a lot more now. I'm just going to go get a pound of that I, I think, chicken. I think one of the things I love, uh, is when guys come in and they come with their wives and their wives like, you know, they say their wives don't like barbecue. And I'll be like, I want you to try this. I right. said, yeah. I, I, I think we'll change your your um, your perception of barbecue, and so I'll give them a piece of that chicken, and oh, it's like, oh my incredible. god, this is good. Or I give them a, a, a piece of rib tip, you know, and like this is good. They're like, you don't put barbecue sauce on your on your meat. I said, no. In Texas, barbecue is smoked meat. Yeah, that's what we that's what we call barbecue. We have barbecue sauce to go with it. But uh, I've changed the opinion of a lot of people who thought they didn't like barbecue. They sure. thought that barbecue was just meat slathered in sauce, you know, which was a norm here in San Diego for a while, you know. Um, I mean, I think that's one of the coolest things about barbecue is just the regions and the way yeah, that people different. grow. And, it's different. I mean, San Diego, we're a transplant town. You know, yeah. we, have, we have people from all over. I mean, they, they're from all over and they bring different styles. You know, when we have, we have customers that come in and they're like, your barbecue shit. 
<laughs> we're like, you know, well, you know, I'm sorry. Somebody let us know. Well, <laughs> let, let, you know, let us know. They're from Texas. Right. You know, they want that heavy hickory smoke. Mm. And we're like, I got the perfect spot for you. You go see Brad. <laughs> you go right up the street. You know, I, I apologize. You know, but this, our barbecue, we're more Kansas City style. Mm. You know, we have, we smoke with, you know, pecan and almond. And, you know, we don't put that heavy smoke on it. But that's just the way that we cook our barbecue, you know, and for, and for us, it is an education, right? You know, there's multiple times where we, you know, been, you know, under the tutelage of Gene learning how to do things the right way. And there was plenty of times where we fucked it up. Well, there's not a right, and, and there's not a right or wrong, right? No. Everyone, everyone has right. their own yeah. palate. So might want well, the right way is stuff. to keep the business open, right? Because right? <laughs> <laughs> otherwise we're not podcasting and we're, 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 our, our wives don't let us go out and bullshit yeah. around. Well, you, you have know? to, you have to make sure you're, you're taking care of your demographic right, too. The people right. that, you know, want to come into your shop for me at the grocery store, you know, we haven't had, my dad years ago had this guy smoking Joe that they used to, you know, do smoking classes together and stuff. And we call it dirty smoking where it's just basically all wood. That's your heating element and you use nothing else. Right. Now I have a, a old hickory and, you know, we have some uh, fire behind it and it's a, it's a lighter smoke, but it's just, it's different and it's not right or wrong, but we sell 10 times more barbecue now than I did eight years ago when, when I was doing it, you know, and it's just, you, you find the people that want that and, you know, it's uh, for our tri-tip and stuff, it's kind of a, a little hybrid of, you know, a little flair of little spice and a little sweetness to it. And people people enjoy that. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest things, you know, the things that I admire the most about you, you know, watching what you do is you've never, you've always been pushing the envelope and you've always tried to figure out a way, how do I expand my brand and how do I find different ways, you know, to really make money in this business, right. you know, to keep, not only keep the doors open, but, you know, to pay for my employees, to pay for my staff, to pay, you know, we have, we have 5 million things we do in a day. <laughs> you know, we, we barely have time to sit down and, you know, actually look at the entire forest. You right, know, we're, we're, right. uh, we're in the trees, we're living it, we're dodging them. We're trying to figure out, you know, what's our next move. And, you know, you've done things and, you know, some of those things didn't work out. You know, right. uh, if you had any advice, you know, what, what really happened with down with Chula Vista? Um, Chula Vista. So you it, opened your shop in Lemon Grove. What year? We opened Lemon Grove in 2010. 2010. And then we tried to do. We did Chula Vista 2013. Okay. And um, that was an opportunity that was presented to me by the people who actually own the bar. Okay. Um, um with Seneca um, yep. Bar and Grill. The the father used to run the restaurant, but he passed away. So the the daughter was just doing the bar and she wanted somebody to come in and do a kitchen so i went down to check it out i said it's pretty cool you know I'll, I'll try it out so i did a one-year lease there mm -hmm. you know we worked out a deal to do one-year lease and um there was a guy who had a mexican restaurant that was that was you know failing going out of business because he was right next to another mexican restaurant and he was having problems with the landlord but i almost opened up down there where little alex is yep you know i was dealing with that landlord and that just didn't work out. Well, <laughs> dude, I mean, I mean me crazy. It's, it's honesty and integrity. Yeah, I mean, he, was, he was if, driving if, me crazy, you know. And he wanted to me, he wanted too much. Sure. Because the place was run down at the time. The only thing that was, was nice was the actual restaurant right? itself. Yeah. And uh, so I told the dude, I said, man, close your restaurant. You know, I said, you know, and and, and make a deal with the dude because you're, you're not going to do nothing but go downhill from here. I said, and come help me open up another one, you know. So we worked that out, but... It just didn't work out. You know, I couldn't get the consistency down there. Mm -hmm. The the staff, they, they weren't consistent. You know, I would, I would have, call. Did you have multiple staff? So you had the bar staff as well as your no, own no, staff? No, no, just my own staff. Just your own just staff? Just my own staff. So what I would do is sometimes I would call and place an order. This guy has my voice and place right. an order. <laughs> just to see what I'm going to get, you know. Hey, I'm, and, I'm, I did the same shit. No kidding. You're your own secret chopper? Oh, yeah. Nice. You know, nice. so I'll pull up and I'll be like, hey, it's this Manuel, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll like, what? Say, yeah, Manuel, bring me the plate, you know. <laughs> and so they bring me the plate. I'm like, what is this shit? You know, like, you know, you can't serve just the customers. Yeah. You know, and then I taste it. I'm like, I, I talked to the dude one last time. I said, you know what? We got three weeks to get this right. I'm going to go through this one more time. We got three weeks to get it right. But if I come back and, you know, we got a mishap, I said, I'm going to close it. And it was what, what, November, the beginning of November, I did it again, got a plate. Before I even opened up, I just said, you know what? We're closing it. Yeah. 
He the plate was supposed him. to be it was supposed yeah. to be three like three pounds total. Yeah, right. Man, you knew like right about six. Right. Yeah, you know, I was, I was, I was pissed. Get your money out the door. I was pissed. Yep. I said we're closing. That's your profit. <laughs> yeah, your I said we're closing up. You're like, what's wrong? I said, man, you don't, you don't care about this business the way I do, and that's what I gotta have is somebody who cares about it. I said, if people get coops in, in Chula Vista and they never make it to Lemon Grove, that's going to be their perception of what we're doing in Lemon Grove. Yep. And it's not what we're doing in Lemon Grove. Yep. You know, I said that quality has got to be the same across the board. It's just like McDonald's. You can get a Big Mac and it's going to taste the same in Rhode Island as it does here in San Diego. It'll taste the same in the Bulgaria. Same. Yeah, I can Bulgaria, to yeah. It. I mean, it, it's like, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it's like crazy. Pe- people, they knock McDonald's all the time. It's the, the number one is- restaurant in the world for a reason. It's because you know that you're never going to get disappointed. You know what those chicken nuggets are going to taste like. Right, right. That's Every single sweet time. Sweet and sour sauce, chicken nuggets, fries, you know exactly what it's going to taste like. No matter where you have it. So I just told him, I said, man, I'm shutting it down. So December. Well, it's hard, it's hard to get these employees to understand. And what we always tell them is, if you wouldn't eat it, don't put that shit out there. Right. If you honestly are looking at it, and or when we're displaying it in the case, if you don't like the way it looks, if you were going to come in here and buy that, if you wouldn't buy that, don't put that shit in my counter. <laughs> we'll take it out. We'll do something else. Like we'll figure it out. But do not put that shit in my counter. But you sometimes can't. you gotta, you gotta. Sometimes you gotta realize the employees, the the mentality you're dealing with too, because sometimes they would eat it, you know. Yeah. But you know, you gotta set that standard that that you have yeah you got to try to get them to understand that standard and what what the purpose of that standard is is because you want that customer to keep coming back right. because they like the way it looks they like the way it smells they like the way it tastes yeah people eat with their eyes first sure you know if you get you somebody, somebody look like crap yeah. look like crap you know they're, they're not gonna you know they ain't gonna they ain't gonna be all oh man i can't wait to dig i want when, i want when people open up one of my boxes be like oh damn i can't right. wait to get in this you right. know that's that's what mm-hmm. i'm looking for every single time you know, and, um, you know, like I said, we had a meeting this Monday. We were just talking about, you know, having pride in, in everything you do. And I think that's a hard thing to get, you know, as an owner is trying to get your whole crew. You always have like a core group of people, yep. like maybe three the, or four people the backbone, that are heart. on it. You know, yeah. that, that, you know, every single task that they do, they're trying to do it to the best of their ability. And you have those people that they just go through the motion waiting for the next paycheck. Right. You know, and you can't knock it, you know, but at the same time, you know, you're just like, come on, man, can't, can't you get it? You know, yeah. don't you get it? Well, you know? they, they want a job, but they don't want to work. They want to get it. There you go. You know, they, and that's they, the way they the society, wanna... a lot of the society is, especially these younger kids, man. They The millennials, and I'm, I'm in that group, you know, I'm the, the end of it, but it's uh, it's unfortunate that they don't have that work ethic. I was I don't know any different. So the best thing about with, with me growing up is that I grew up in a family with my dad having the store and my mom and my stepdad owning car washes. Mm. So it was like, I didn't know you didn't work on weekends because everyone works. <laughs> yeah. You know? So it was just oh, like, absolutely. when I started doing right. stuff and I'm like, this is just kind of what yeah, we that do. Does, and doesn't then, even and make sense. No, no. You just keep, keep working and you go to work every day. And then it's like, Oh man, I actually got off today by three or four o'clock. That was actually kind of cool. Yeah. That, that's like your day off. Right. Right. You know, if you get off in a little early, but yeah, you know, nowadays it's, um, they, it's instant gratification. They want it right now. They're on their fucking phones all the time. <laughs> all the time. All the and time. it's, you know, now you have to, now we're, and I know you've already done it, Sean, but we're doing things where we're monitoring their social media and they can't put anything about Valley Farm in a negative light. Like you have to watch what they're doing. Yeah. If, Cause if you have something to say, I'm here. Come talk to me. If you, if you have a, have an issue, I, I've never said no to an employee that wants to talk. We'll, we'll yeah. figure out a time right. where we can sit right. down and talk. So let's talk and, and see what's really bothering you. A lot of times they have really, really short memories. It's like <laughs> I bend over backwards to work with your schedule and do all these things, but yet now one thing didn't go your way, and now it's the end of the world. Right. And, and fuck your store, and fuck this. I'm done, and I'm not going to work. I'm not going to work till you give me a raise. How about this? How about you work fucking hard, and I'll see it, and I'll give you a raise. They're like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to work hard until you give me more money. Yeah, it's just not how it works. I mean, it, it's one of the toughest things that we deal with as man, as owners. The turnover I'll, is crazy. Man. I'll never forget. You know, when I was I, I was 13 years old, and my grandfather he you know woke me up. You know, six in the morning. He's like, you know, we're going out to the restaurant. You're gonna bust tables, and I'm you know I'm pissed as hell. You know, I'm pissed <laughs> as hell because you know like my boys, they're all sitting there, they're sleeping in. They you know they're gonna go play basketball in the afternoon. They're all <laughs> bullshitting, and like I'm going out to bust tables and to wash dishes, and I I was so pissed. And I remember driving with him and he's like, you know, do you see why there's no cars on the road? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. I'm still pissed, you know, whatever. Right. So, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm really angry right now. Like, I don't want to think about it. But then he's like, you know, there's no cars on the road because people aren't working. 
you know, they're not working today, but that's not us. That's not who we are. You know, he's a medical doctor who, you know, was born in Bulgaria and that, you know, immigrated over here. And he's still, you know, at that age, he, I mean, he must have been 75. He's still out there pushing, grinding, you know, trying to teach me, you know, that, hey, you need to actually value work. And for work's sake, you know, not because it's sexy. There's nothing sexy about washing the dishes. Right. But guess what? It's one of the most, if not the most important job in the restaurant. Right. You know, right. we have to find ways to get our staff fired up to want to do that. You know, and, and the funny thing is, you know, we talk about millennials. You know, some of the people that have been carrying our business are millennials. And they just were raised differently. Yeah. You know, I mean, I have, I have kids. I have a kid that's 16. He's 16. And he has, I mean, if I could hire 15 of them, I would. I mean, the kid's going to go to Columbia. He turned down MIT to go to Columbia, wow. and he's a dishwasher. He's like, I just want to work. And, like, he impressed me so much. I was like, you know, no problem. Done. Anytime. Well, see, that's the thing with the millennials. You have that one group that, you know, they they come up in a hard life. Yeah. And they realize the value of having a job. You know, some of them are really trying to help, help their parents out, you know, because it's been rough. And then you have those kids that just... They don't give a damn. They were given everything. Yeah, they want everything given to them. You know, growing up, it didn't matter if they had A's or B's or D's and F's. Yeah. They got what they wanted, right. you know, yeah. and so they, they don't know how to appreciate anything. It's tough. You know? I mean, it's tough. I mean, because I definitely didn't have a hard life. I mean, I grew up in La Jolla. You know, I, I grew up in privilege, and I was very lucky for that. But my grandfather was old school. You know, he's old school, and he was born on a farm. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to make sure that I understood, hey, you know, this is how we work. And we work and we're going to learn. We're going to learn how to be better and we're going to work to be better. And guess what? You know, you're not going to get something just because you want it. And you'd have it no, no other way. I mean, now I'd have now, it no other way. I was fucking, I was, I was, I was, you know, don't, don't get spo yourself. spoiled fucking kid. I, I was like, I, the I was pissed I was, as hell. I got in I trouble when I was younger. And I was like, I was the shittiest dishwasher there was. For sure. <laughs> no, I, uh, I got in trouble one summer. And I mean, all summer long, all I did was vacuum cars at the car wash. Yeah. And it was like. Motherfucker, like I'm, my boys are going surfing, right? they're going skating, they're going like, to these sports, and I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah, this like, is bullshit. Yeah, and I'm mad, yeah. but it's like that's the best thing that ever happened is, yeah. is doing those things and grinding it out and fighting adversity and, and, and figuring out, well, what I did was actually wrong. I fucked up. Here are my consequences. Now, do I want to be vacuuming cars all day? No. So figure out how to not do that. Figure out what, what makes you go and, and push yourself and, and be a, a positive kid in society and, and not getting in trouble and, and putting yourself in a position to where you can do other things and other than that. I yeah. Mean, it, was, it was great. I mean, I think one of the, you know, I, we appreciate you sharing those difficult times because, I mean, that nothing is more, you know, heartbreaking than, you know, having a dream to open up another <laughs> location and then having it not work the way. and you have to be brutally honest with yourself oh, yeah. you know and you have to like you had to know in your heart like it's not failure because all like you know there were multiple things that we did at the restaurant that god i mean i will never hire an executive chef again <laughs> oh my god this guy tried to ruin every single recipe that gene had you know and like it's because he just he's like he needed to put his imprint on the business and i didn't need an executive chef right, right. you know i already ha i have gene goikachea i mean this guy's teaching us you know, everything that we could possibly know. But instead, you know, I had this guy who literally one summer, you know, tried to bring in, you know, mahi mahi onto our menu and we're a fucking barbecue restaurant. <laughs> you know, we're not a fish restaurant. We're not serving right. fucking pasta. Right. You know, like we made all those hard decisions. And like, you know, for us, I think one of the coolest things that I ever saw you do was you did a Facebook live video. Um, I mean, you use social media very, very well. And I, um, I applaud you for that because... I mean, we wouldn't, our restaurant wouldn't be where it is without, you know, Facebook, <coughs> Yelp, right. without um, Instagram and Twitter. And, you know, one of the things that I saw you do was, you know, when you opened up, you know, your chicken, the chicken coop. Right. Um, you know, you had been experiencing some difficulties with some tough reviews, right. you know, about food consistency, food right, quality. Right, right. And you took it upon yourself to be accountable. And you went on Facebook Live and you told people, hey, I see this stuff. You're saying it, I see it, and I'm going to address it. And, you know, that was honestly one of the coolest things that I've seen um, a business owner do. And I, I do want to commend you for that. Um, tell us a little bit how that, how that went down. Yeah, you know, we, we had opened it up. We kind of had to hurry up and open up because 
we're losing money every day that was closed. <laughs> nothing, no, nothing. <laughs> people don't understand that you know, you know a restaurant, and, a restaurant and, is not open. Like until the register is ringing, that restaurant's not open. Right, and, and it's weird because you know the the anticipation that we had the people come in and and um, it just seemed like for some reason my staff just couldn't get it right. You know, it's weird. It's like we've been through it and everything, and you know, people were waiting for forty five minutes for some freaking chicken. It was just. It was it was a nightmare, man. It really was. And then by you know we finally got it down and got the timing down, got the, the everything, the food consistency down, everything. But by then it was kind of too late. You know, I told him I said, man, if we had got this right when we first opened up, yeah, we would have had a train that would have just took off and kept going. I said, but now we got to try to build it up. But by that time it was it was it was too little, too late. And so, you know, around January, man, I just started. I told my daughter, I said, you know what? I got to shut it down. I said yeah. the, the labor cost is killing us. It's you know, I mean, it's, California it's, minimum man, wage. It's it's I, no joke, and like, restaurants have to rethink everything that we do. And man, I mean, I was stressing. My my neck was hurting and everything. And so finally, you know, my daughter went because it it was a lot going on too. I was trying to help my daughter move. You know, she was going through some things, and and so she had to go down to the restaurant. And I said, you know what? talk to the staff let them know we're, we're going to have to shut it down you know mm-hmm. and so you know we did man I, I tears nearly came out my eyes when i told her to do that because i yeah you know i don't like to fail at nothing right. you know and that's just we're, that's just how we're Chula Vista, i didn't really look at chula vista as a failure i looked at it as a, a opportunity to try to do something so when i closed that it really didn't it wasn't like emotional but it did take a lot of stress off me because my neck was bothering me for like three weeks it was just hurting man yeah I, that's where you carry as soon, your as, as, soon as I told the dude that I was closing it, it just everything just it's went like away. a weight. Yeah, you know, you got that weight off and, of you. And but when we had to close the chicken coop, man, it was just it just it hit me in my heart, man. I was just yeah. like, wow, I just knew this thing would work, you know. And the people that were coming, you know, prior like you know the couple of months prior to closing, they were really they were like, man, this chicken is bomb. These waffles are bomb. You know, and even to this day, we still get people coming. You know, oh man, when you close the chicken coop, why? I'm like, because you're just now coming back. I'm yeah. like, oh. <laughs> exactly. Like, been closed in February. <laughs> Could have used you in January and December, my man, <laughs> with with a big crew of people. <laughs> like you're just now coming back. Yeah. But no, we're 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 going to do something else with it. You know, I got a little lease on it, and you know, the the biggest cost there was was the labor. So when I closed that, it, it helped me out a little bit. Sure. And fortunately, business has picked up at Coop, so it's carried, you know, kind of helped me carry the load. But we're, we're, there's two different things we're thinking about doing. One is doing a barbecue Mexican infusion taco shop. Nice. Oh, really? So That's like, cool. You know, and not, not a whole big old taco shop menu, but like, you know, smoked chicken roll tacos, um, tortas, you know, just a nice. few dishes with using some of the meats from the, from the, from Coop's and, one of my ladies, she's from one of the southern states in Mexico, and she can really cook. Awesome. And I had always told her if I got a chance to open up a taco shop, I said I would love to put you that's in there. Right. That's right. So cool. she's the one. So that's what we're looking at doing. You know, it's taking a little bit longer than I wanted to, but I've learned don't yep. rush it. Right. You know, like, you know, the, 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 the turnover rate in the restaurant business is just so ridiculous. Even at Little Bitty Coops, we, our turnover rate has been how crazy. Many, how many staff do you have? Right now we have, I would say, a total of 13, 14. Yeah. You know, and it just, it keeps fluctuating. You know, you think you got somebody that's going to work out good. Oh, man, I love the way she's yeah. know, dealing with the customer, blah, blah, blah. Two weeks into it, the whole attitude, the persona, everything is just changing. You know, so, um, you know, we, we want to do the, we're going to call the, the chicken coop, we're going to rename it Senior Coops. But we still wanted to do some, you know, some form of chicken and waffles and some form of fried fish over there because a lot of people have still been coming, sure. coming for it. And that area is missing that. Yeah. You know, there's nothing over there. You know, no, you know, I think there's um, Chef John on Broadway, yeah. but it's a totally different type of fish. It's, fish yeah. it's not Southern fried fish. So, but yeah, I was, I did some um, smoked chicken roll tacos, uh, like 150 of one weekend. I nice. was just, Passing them out to the customers during the weekend, and everybody's like, "Man, when are you going to do this? You know, this this is crazy good." Are you gonna do like fried fish tacos too, and all that? Yeah, yeah. You know, I know a good thing about uh, Mexican restaurants and why there's so many out there is because they can make so many different dishes with 
few only meats. a few meats yeah and yeah. it keeps your your cost down your labor cost down and if you're already doing all your smoking and stuff to be able to put that into you know a tortilla and now you have a taco or you want to roll it up and fry it and you got a roll taco or you yeah, want to make nachos. it bigger and you got a burrito yeah, right. and you can you can make different things yeah, and yeah. that's uh keep some of your cost down that could that could actually i mean hey i'll try it <laughs> Don't <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and, and my lady my cook man she can she can really make the authentic salsas and stuff like that she made the salsa to go with my roll tacos that i made and i was just like oh man this this is gonna be a killer when we can get it going you sure. know so I'm I'm anxiously awaiting, you know, for the opportunity to open that up, but at the same time, I'm cautiously waiting, yeah. you know, for the right time. I think uh, one of the coolest things, I mean, just going the the parking that you guys redid that or they redid that parking lot. I mean, it, it's that's fantastic. Just finished it today. I, yeah. It was it, it was it beautiful. It was absolutely I had, beautiful. You know, the I pit, talked to the, the pits look amazing. I talked to the owner. Um, the owner, man, he's been a blessing to my family. You know, if it hadn't have been for him, Coops would have never got open. Yeah. He, you know, he came in there. I was. It's weird the way all of that worked out because there was another lady that actually had the lease on Coops, the building. Yeah. And um, things just didn't work out between me and her. You know, she you were subleasing from her? Yeah. Okay. She didn't have the help permit or nothing like that. She wanted me to pay rent. I was like, are you crazy? You know, I, I can't <laughs> right. make no money. <laughs> I, I can't cook nothing in here, you right, know? Right. Yeah. And, and so she was dependent on me to pay my part of the rent. So it, I told my wife, I said, you know what? I have a feeling we end up getting that building to ourselves. Yeah. And the owner came in there one day. I was in there cleaning up, just trying to get ready and and I introduced myself to him, and, you know, we got to talking and stuff, and I had got his number. So I called him one day. I said, I said can you come into the restaurant? I, w- I want to let you try something. And I had made a brisket and some ribs for him, just like my father did for me. Right. And um, I said, this, this is what I want to do here. I said, I believe that if you give me the opportunity, you know, help me get this place open, that I- I'll be able to repay you back everything and make it successful. And so he ate into it, and he was like, "Wow, this this is really impressive." That Lord actually makes that makes me really happy because you hear so many horror stories about landlords and sure. now this guy's the, the triple nets and and people just you know they they essentially take advantage of you like the better you're doing and they want they want more money and they keep yeah. you on these small leases and well I'll give you a, a three year lease with a you know two year arm and it's like man okay then in five years when <laughs> yeah. my business actually starts to flourish and then you're gonna come and fuck me and, yeah. and now I have to pay a a, a premium on something that I built, right? You know, so that I'm, yeah, this I'm guy's been—he's been very, very good to us. He actually built a chicken coop up for us. That's awesome, you know, because he wanted everybody else to build it, you know. And I think, uh, you know, I, I believe that God put people in your life, you know, sure. for and, yeah, and this guy, I believe he was put in my life, and I, I was putting his, you know, anything that goes wrong on the property, I try to take care of it, you know. Sure. And people ask me, why are you always out you here take working? Pride. I say, hey, you know. You know this 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 guy has been good to us, and so I have no problem. He looked out for you, and you look out for him. You know, I talked him into painting the place and everything, Mm -hmm. and you know, I paid for half of the painting. Yeah, you know, I just because I wanted to look good because my business there. People when they pull up there, they're pulling up. It's not like they're pulling up into Lemon Grove Commercial Center. They're pulling up in the coops. Yeah, you know. So that that place is a reflect, reflection of my family's business. So you know, a little TI money goes a long way. You know, yeah, you get that, yeah. And it, it helps him. It helps you. And you guys are both excited about it. And with that, now he's really vested in you as a person. Now he's going out and talking you up. And he's probably your biggest supporter. He, yeah, he wants yeah. people to come. And, and, it, and it, like you said, it, it works both ways, right? You're not just sitting here saying, okay, I want, I want this big lease. I want all this. No, you guys are working together. Right, That's really right. cool. It's pride of ownership. It's pride of community. I mean, you know, what you've been able to do in Lemon Grove. And, I mean, we've always been firm believers that if we plant our roots and if we embrace, you know, all the eclectic, things that happen in Spring Valley, the more Spring Valley will give back to us. And, you know, it's not, oh, you got to come here because we're who we are. It's, you know, how can we help? And, you know, if you listen and if you talk to people and you find out, you know, there's so many different ways that a restaurant can impact a community. And I mean, I think that's one of the coolest things is if you if you look at, you know, the geography of where both of our restaurants (laughs) are located and where Derek's shop, I mean, Derek's shop's been here, you know, holding down Spring Valley for 61 years. And, you know, it's a shining example. And now he's here adding all these improvements that, you know, he believes in in what's going on here. And, you know, you believe in Lemon Grove, you know, you believe in East County, you believe in San Diego, just the same way that we do. You know, we want to let other people know, hey, there's some really cool 
operators, owners that are doing some amazing things, you know, not just in barbecue, but, you know, that are doing great things for San Diego. Yeah, it's trying know? to help out in the community. You know, we had a chance to help the um, Lemon Grove Little League go to the World Series. That's so cool. That one year, you know, <laughs> we, we gave them 20% of the, the, of the net proceeds um, from a certain time. We were able to give them like 1400 bucks, And that's huge. That made me feel good, you know, because I know what sports did for me. Right, growing up, you know, we, we had Derek and I sports. wouldn't be as close, you know, as we are if it wasn't for sports. Right, I mean, the competitive nature of sports, working as a team, you know, having leader, learning leadership through coaches. Right, I mean, those are the people that, yeah, we have amazing teachers, but you know, a lot of the things that I learned, I learned, you know, on the sports field, you know, on the football field, on the basketball courts. Let me ask you, you know, I, I look at you as a successful businessman. You know, you that means Kevin, a lot. You know, you guys have been in the business for a while, and, and I watched, I see your operations, you know, particularly you, Sean, you know, you, you drive through there, you come in there, man, the place is just bumping, you know. And do people ever just look at you and say, man, I want to be like you, I want to go into business, you know. What do you tell them? I mean, that's really one of the reasons why we started this podcast is because we encourage people to be entrepreneurs. I mean, it, it it's the engine for our economy, you know, giving jobs, I mean, we have 88 employees, 88. We started, we had 18 employees, you know, <laughs> me and my best friend, we had 18 employees. We could barely pay our bills. There were multiple times where the restaurant was <laughs> going to go out of business. Right. I had to go find more money. We got sued like multiple times. And at the end of the day, I was like, I know this is going to work. I know it's going to work and I'm going to figure it out. And no matter what, no matter how many people leave me voicemails like that, uh, that first one, <laughs> like no matter what's going to happen. That was inspired. You know, <laughs> right? No, he, on, honest to God, he put it on his iPod and yeah. he would listen to it at the gym. It, but, I mean, it, you know, you listen to something like that, it's either going to tear you up or it's going to drive it, you. It's, you know, I, I, I guess I'm just one of those assholes that, you know, it's like the, the, you know, you always hear the story about Michael Jordan. That's the, you know, it's the poster board. Like that's what they put up in the locker room. You know, I got rejected by all three law schools in San Diego and I framed those rejection letters and they're right in front of my desk. You know, <laughs> that's more important to me than, you know, my, you know, graduating from university of San Diego like that, whatever, that's no big deal. It's like, it's those rejection letters that those are the things that drive me drive every me, single yeah. day. It's, it's the fuel of your fire. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, people will come to the restaurant, particularly on the weekend when we're real busy and, you know, they just think I'm making money hand over fist. And I'll be like, man, it's not all that it looks You have like. no idea. I mean, they have <laughs> no idea. Thank God right? for this day. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> the weekends just kind of get you through, you know, well, help yeah. you get to the next, the next you get one. The sales, tax, a little bit. sales tax bill and then you get your workers comp premium comes up and you're like, man, you know, what do you want? How much? And then your how much do you want? Yeah. And then your mod rate goes up because yeah. you had one accident and you're like, yeah, you're like yeah. I thought I that's why I have it. insurance. Yeah. Like I have insurance in case shit happens. <laughs> no, well, shit happened. Now you're going to pay for it. Right. That doesn't make sense. Finally, one knock on wood something fell off my my mod and it saved me twenty three thousand dollars this year really just because of one incident that fell off that i've been paying on for five years yeah. yeah i mean it's like people don't understand those little things and they don't yeah. think that i mean they think you know yeah unemployment workman's comp all that it's like it's a, like they're owed that it's like no 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 i mean but it, it's it's a lot it's a lot to to run a business isn't um you know, all the, these flowers and, and butterflies that people think that, you know, oh, you're rich and you get to go do these things. That's yeah. not what it is. I, I I wouldn't change it for anything because it gives me the luxury to feed my family and, and do the things I love to do and uh, meet the people I, I love to meet and, right. and, and create relationships. Um, but it's a fucking grind. It it's is. a grind. It I mean, you know, I woke up early this morning at four o'clock and, you know, I won't go to bed till... 11 i'm still here and uh you know i got two boys at home and it's it's a daily grind you, you don't you don't just and people don't see that that's what we're talking about behind the smoke right, they don't right. see that shit when you're yeah. coming in and no one else is here and i'm sending out emails doing things trying to get everyone situated and then you got to put on your face when customers come in right because you can't they want to see you right they want right. to talk they don't want to talk to that they want to talk to brad they want to <laughs> yeah. talk to coop let me talk to coop you know exactly. they, they, they want to talk to you they want to talk to sean they want to see sean they want to know what's going on and you have to put that face right. on. It's, it's, it's almost, it's, it's just tiring. It's, I always it's, tell my employees, I say, hey, when you walk through that door, the show starts. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you no, know, the show starts. Theater. I don't care what's going on in your life. Absolutely. The show starts. You know, it's showtime. You, you know, you know no matter what always, happens, no matter what, no matter how upset you make a customer, no matter how bad their day is, guess what? Somebody else is going to come through that door. Right. And you got to forget about all of that. Right. You, know, you got to forget about that. And you got to embrace that person. You got to listen. And hospitality is so difficult. You know, it's one of the things that we joke about. It's, 
you know, part of our application process is that we, we do a blood test. Right. If you don't have hospitality in your blood, you're not going to make it. <laughs> right. I mean, right. And yeah, it, you got but, it. You, but have you to, know, man. because the heart of your house, the people that have kept coops open, those people, they have it. They have it. They and got it's just it, something that you can't. They'll you be can't. like, they'll be telling, hey, why so and so's customer service? Right. And, you know, they when they see somebody doing right. something, they say, why so and so's customer service? And I'll just be walking around, just paying attention. I'll say, hey, where's your smile at? Right. You yep. know. What's going on? I, I need you to smile. I need you to be friendly up here, you know. Because sometimes, right. you know, and we, you know, I, I try to take a chance with, with a lot of young people, you know, because they need a break. Right. Yeah. Some of these kids need to learn how to work and, and they need that opportunity, that experience. So I try to take a chance with some of them. Sometimes you get them, man, especially some of the girls having a problem with their boyfriend and they bring that to work and yep. it's all in their face or having a problem with mom and dad or whatever, you know, they don't know how to put that mask on. I'll be like, hey, I need you. To, you know, the show has started. Well, I, I need you to put on that character. The girl you the had at the counter stuff. today, she was amazing. She did just a fantastic Great. job, you know, I'm explaining to, to my that. wife that, yeah. you know, the Texas sausage, that's not going to be till the weekend. Right. You know, but we have this amazing other option. You know, she worked her all the way through the menu. And, you right. know, I mean, my my wife, she's Eastern European. She's Bulgarian. She's going to just, she, she doesn't bullshit. <laughs> you know, she doesn't bullshit. Right. And she wants what she wants. But, like, she appreciates because we're so, we have such high standards. Right. That we look everywhere we go to try to find, you know, how do they do it? You know, do they do it? And it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a restaurant. It doesn't have to be a barbecue shop. It can be Home Depot. You know, right. it can be, it doesn't matter what business it is, but, you know, people that are in customer service, like the more that they're touching customers, they're the ones at the end, they're the end of the product line. <laughs> you know, that that's the person, that's a point of purchase right, right there. Right. You know, how are you going to impact that person to make them so excited that they have to go tell everyone about Coops? Like, you have to go back there. There was a sweet girl. She did an amazing job. You know, she told me all about the menu. She told me to, you know, move the tables so that I can take care of my family. Those are the things that, you know, those are the five-star reviews. That's yeah, how you get yeah, four-and-a-half-star yeah. reviews. Yeah, I tell them, I say, we got to stay at four-and-a-half-stars. Anything less is unacceptable. You know, yep. there's no reason why a person's ratings should go down. Yep. If, if, you, if your ratings go down, you better start looking at your staff and, and, yeah. and remove that person from your staff. We, we had, we, we've been at four and a half stars. We went to four. We're at four right now. And, right. You know, it, it, I can't tell you how much it hurts. You know, my whole management team, you know, everything that we do is to try to be at four and a half stars. And right now we're just, you know, we had a Yelp Elite event, which has been great. You know, mm -hmm. it was awesome for us. But, you know, all those little things, it's all those fives. All it takes is one one star. Sometimes, man, though, I think, you know, sometimes some of the people on Yelp, man, some of them can be just total assholes. Well, that's just the, vill saying, the village. Know, this, every village, there's an asshole somewhere. Got, I mean, and I, you know what? I don't even look at the reviews no more. I stopped looking at them because I would see probably 50 good ones and then come across this one that yeah. is just, and you could tell if, if, it's, if it's legit, I'm gonna look into it. Right. I'm gonna, you know, I'll, if like if they say, well, you know, the brisket was horrible. Everything else, this was good. This was good. But when you get that one person, that, oh, the brisket was horrible. The ribs were horrible. Nothing on the menu was good. Just like, and then when they, especially <laughs> when they hype somebody else up, like, you know, next time I'm just gonna go to Phil's. I'm just like, right. oh, come yeah. on, for real, right. man. I, you set me off. I know. It's <laughs> tough. We we talked about it before, but sometimes I don't even look at them no more, man. Yeah, those, those reviews that are like. Yeah, I know everything was good. I, I really enjoyed it. And they give you three stars. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. You, you can't hit me with the three stars. You just said how much you liked it. Right. You, you, I mean, but yeah, people don't understand how much that means to a business owner. Right. And, and I'm, I'm getting into your boat right now where I'm, I'm starting to just not, not look. We're at four and a half stars. Thank God we're doing well. But you have to know you're not going to make everybody happy. No, you're not. But, you're not. So I, I just kind of. I'm, I'm like you. It kind of affects me more than it, it probably should. So I just try to stay off. Yeah, I, I stay off. I, I, I pay more attention to my Facebook reviews than I do anything. Yeah. Right? Because your your Facebook page, you have those people who like you and that are going to give you honesty. I actually have people inbox me. Hey, cool. I came to the restaurant the other day. You know, the rib tips were tough. Mm -hmm. And I, I appreciate I, that. Yeah, I, I, got I, it. I, I say, you know what? Hey, I, I apologize for that. You know, please come back and, mm -hmm. and have a meal on me. I'll sure. write their name down on the board. Yep. You know, but and usually when you get something like that, you might get one other one because they they come in batches, you know. Right. So you look yeah. for stuff like that. You you know, and you, then you see those that you know. I had a guy put a post on the other day. Told me you want some real good barbecue. 
you ought to go to Cali Conference. And I just, <laughs> on my page, on my page. Seriously? <laughs> and I, I, had to, I had to come back Fuck and say, that guy. <laughs> I said, for real, dude? You going to put that on my poster? Yeah. You know? All right. I just, I just left it at that. You know? And so I said, for real, you going to put that on my poster? Yeah, you know, well, but, you know, um, it's just funny. People do some crazy stuff, though. So I know you do a bunch of catering, right? So oh, people man, can. That, that, I, I love seeing those. You just did a wedding recently. Yeah, the yeah that setup was cool. I love that. Was wedding, really really man. cool. Um, I, mean, I yeah, love that's, it. That's their special moment. And they picked you. Yeah. How, how man, cool is that, man? I, I love it when people call me to do, you know, particularly weddings because, like you said, weddings are, you know, for most people, it's a once in a lifetime thing. It's the most intimate you know, time the most of their life. Time. Yeah. And and you know, you you want to showcase, you know on your wedding you want to have good food the the service everything and when people are eating your food and say oh man it's the best brisket i ever had in my life like oh what did you put in those baked beans you know just yep. it, it just makes me feel real good and the bride and groom you know they say we, we want to take a picture with you you know yeah. we really appreciate you coming out here and it was really after the middle of nowhere but it was cool i was just like where in the hell are we going i, I want to say where you where where you were at last time i i did a wedding there as well it's like down a dirt road down in like in a little goalie. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It was a trip, yeah. man. It was cool. I think we though. talked about that with yeah. Andy last week and yeah, we did one out there too. And it was, uh, it's so cool. Like yeah. you wouldn't even think yeah. very unassuming. And then all of a sudden you pull in and it's like all these trees and they right. got a little stage up there. It was, those things are it awesome. Cool. So one of the best things about the podcast is that anything we talked about, it'll be in the show notes. So if you go on the show notes on barbecue war stories, you can find it. Um, we're going to let coop coop. How can people find you? Uh, you can go to coopsbbq.com or just go to our Facebook page at Coops West Texas Barbecue. Um, and I, I, can I say one thing? Oh, whatever you want, my man. I just want to say to those people who are thinking about going into business, particularly the barbecue business, just any business, make sure you're passionate about what it is that you want to do. Because if you don't have passion, you're not going to last. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. No, you got to have You got to have passion. You got to have passion, man. You yeah. got to you gotta love what you're doing, and you got to have a purpose for what you're doing it for. Yeah. And you have to be willing to ask for help. Yeah. And that's the, one yeah. of the toughest things is that, you know, we have such, you know, type A personalities. We're going to go. We're going to do it. I'm going to do it all by myself. But it's like, if I don't slow the fuck down, and I don't call somebody, <laughs> and just at least ask for help, because right. you just never know, you know, who might know somebody that might help you. That might save you twenty thousand dollars. You know, that might save you. You know, some terrible experience. Um, so people, uh, no matter where they are, you know, we encourage anybody that's visiting San Diego to come down and, you know, come and visit you, come talk to you. Uh, we're really excited. You're you're still good for Del Mar. Still good, my still man. Good. I can't wait. My I think this will be a lot of fun. That's hey, there's a saying that I always tell my my kids, my my daughters. I always told them, hey, never be afraid to fail when you're trying to succeed. That's true. You know, because like in business, you're, you're going to have a lot of, you're going to have some failures, and, and the best thing you could do is learn from those. And I don't think you learn anything. You, you never learn more than from your failures. Yeah, right? yeah, you, yeah. You, I'm not going to do that next time, you know. But, you know, I always tell my kids, don't be afraid to, to do things. So, you know, if you're thinking about starting a business, you know, just give it your best shot. And, and if you fall down, get back up. Yeah, and don't be afraid to have uncomfortable conversations. I mean, it's amazing how much you grow. When right. you're willing to go and have, because you know that you have to have that conversation, and whether it's with a landlord, whether it's with a you know a vendor, Man. I mean, you know you have to have that conversation. Don't put it off, put it as a priority and deal with it. Right. If you don't deal with it, head on, then you know it's going to be a no roundabout ways, no, don't, no don't, roundabout bullshit. Just go at it. Yeah, don't sugarcoat it. Yeah. I mean, you know what you want, you know what you need. Uh, I think that's you might be you know, amazed at the outcome. Yeah, no, that, for real, that's yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, but yeah, we appreciate everybody that's tuning into the podcast. You know, all we ask is that you tell a, tell a friend, let them know, check it out. Um, we are going to have some great guests coming on, not just from the barbecue world, but from uh, the restaurant world, the sports entertainment world. Um, some people that are, I mean, we just want to go behind the smoke. We want to we want to be honest and let people know what's you know the real shit that goes on in business yeah. and you know what's happening with you industries. guys got to come to valley farm to get some of this beef jerky <laughs> <laughs> i think I've, I've eaten about half of it well, uh, it's good. well we appreciate it and you can uh get a hold of me at um valleyfarmmarkets.com or you can go on my twitter at marso Derek, and you can also go on my instagram or facebook at uh, valley farm market um, and yeah look forward we're to talking to anybody reach out ask questions we uh, we're here to talk and and help and um, if you guys have any reviews or anything, let us know. 
Let us know what you want to hear, what you, what you don't want to hear. We're open. Well, one of the uh, coolest things, we did get some feedback, though. Um, somebody came in to your shop because of the podcast Uh-oh. to have some they've been looking for carne asada they've uh, been looking oh, searching got, and then got, got the butcher boy. god started singing imperial valley and this person's actually from imperial valley and was they said right? it was the best carne asada they've ever had yeah we actually have been uh, voted number one carne asada in san diego for the past seven years wow so it's something we hang our hat on and <clears throat> we actually uh in the 19, late 1980s, early 90s, my dad went out to Imperial Valley to a packing house, and they were um, having a carne asada competition. He didn't even know what was going on. So he goes, the packing house takes him there, and you know, they're trying carne asadas, and they're using a piece of meat called flat meat. It actually comes off the short one. It's a tail section of T-Bone Porterhouse, and it's uh, something that people really didn't use very often. It has like a, a membrane on it, and um, people were using uh, that for their carne asada. My dad loved it, so he came back made up a little recipe and he just called it Imperial Valley style carne asada. Huh. And now it's the same carne asada that we have. I tweaked the recipe about six years ago. Um, but yeah, we still call it Imperial Valley carne asada because that's where we got, we got from. Well, we Ooh. appreciate that Ooh. feedback from Caesar and, um, any other feedback, check us out. Barbecue war stories. Uh, definitely go visit coop. Uh, get that chicken boy. <laughs> we, can't, we can't thank you enough um, for taking time. We know you're running the pit with your guy on vacation, and that's part of being an owner and an entrepreneur. Is hard. I lost some weight messing around with that pit. Uh, well, that's an uh, old school pit too, boy. He be coming off on you. We can't wait for uh, to have you out there in Del Mar. Uh, we're going to have the best pitmasters, uh, best restaurants out there August 20th. It's a KCBS event. Um, but the restaurants, we're just going to be doing what we do and serving amazing barbecue. And can't wait for people to come and check that out. But uh, let us know. California barbecue, That's baby. right. California barbecue. <laughs> and uh, keep sharing those, uh, those photos from across the world, what you're doing behind the smoke. And uh, add that hashtag and make hashtag it happen. Hashtag behind Thanks the smoke. Thanks for listening. San Diego in the house.